Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. All right, we are doing part four of the series of teachings that I have been on for the last three weeks. And tonight we're going to be doing part four of the anointing within. We're studying the anointing of the Holy Spirit within the believer. And uh, we have been discussing and teaching on his ministry within the born-again believer. Our foundational scripture is taken from 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. John calls that anointing within the unction. Another translation refers to it as the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now last week we looked at the definition of the word unction, and we have discovered that this word means the shedding of a divine or spiritual influence. The shedding of the divine or spiritual influence upon the mind and the soul of the believer. Another definition says, it is the manifestation of spiritual inspiration within the believer. When we get inspired, that's when the spirit the unction within enables us to do certain things that naturally we would not be able to do. But by the help of the anointing within, we are able to pray. We are able to forgive. We are able to receive direction and guidance. We are able to receive illumination of the Scriptures as the unction of the Spirit within exercises his ministry within the believer. Now, we also learned that there is a twofold operation of the Spirit in the believer's life. Scripture teaches of a twofold operation of the Spirit in the believer's life. One is that the Spirit comes upon the believer, and the other is the operation of the Spirit within the believer. So there is an anointing that comes upon, and that is for the purpose of receiving power to witness to others about the Lord Jesus Christ. It also enables us to function and to exercise the Spirit's or the Holy Spirit's gifts the gifts of the Spirit within the believer. And that's for the purpose of ministering to other people and helping them in their walk of faith with the Lord. So primarily the anointing upon is for service and for encouraging and witnessing and testifying of the Lord Jesus. But the anointing within the believer, within us, is for personal ministry and edification for us, personal. It is for our personal spiritual growth, as well as character formation. 
The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, and self-control, and so on and so forth. Nine fruit of the Spirit. Now, that fruit, it is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the recreated, born-again Spirit of man, and is able to produce this godly character because of the indwelling presence within the believer. Listen to what John tells us in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. He reiterates what he says in verse 20, but he adds a little more concerning the ministry of the anointing of the Spirit within the believer. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. It's a very revealing scripture concerning the ministry of of the anointing within. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The Lord Jesus called this anointing within the believer the helper. He called him the helper. And we read that in John 14 and verse 26. Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit coming just before he went to the cross. And in verse 26 of John 14, he tells us, But the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. Sometimes my wife says to me, you know, when she doesn't want to forget something, she says, please remind me that I need to do this and this. And what I do, I turn to the anointing within and I say, Holy Spirit, please Remind me to remind my wife, because I can also forget. Well, one of his ministries is to bring to our remembrance things, and uh, primarily the things that Jesus has taught us. Now, this anointing, John says, abides in us. He is in us. He's not outside of us. And we need to realize as born-again believers that we have the helper within. And we need to learn how to turn to him and depend on his ministry within us to do the things that Jesus said he would do. One of the things that Jesus said that he would do, he would teach us. So the anointing within is the perfect teacher. You read the word. And oftentimes it doesn't make sense. But it is the anointing that takes the written word and opens it up to our minds and enables us to understand and receive revelation and understanding concerning the words of the Lord or the promises that the Lord has given us. Now the Greek word for this helper is the word parakletos. 
The word parakletos means the one who is called alongside to help. He is our perfect helper. And uh, we need to believe what Jesus said about him. Now, the key to be able to receive the blessing of the anointing within and so that he can exercise the ministry that for which he was called in the believer's life, we need to acknowledge his presence within us and understand his ministry as he ministers to us the way that Jesus said he would. To acknowledge his presence is vitally important. We can't live our daily lives without even acknowledging the very presence of the Spirit within. He is in us, and we need to learn to communicate with him, to fellowship with the Spirit. That's why Paul said very often in his epistles, he said, the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you forever. The word communion, there is fellowship. We need to learn to fellowship with this wonderful person who has been sent by the Father in the name of Jesus to live inside of us, to be able to help us and to live an overcoming Christian life. No one can walk the way God desires for us to walk without the help of the Holy Spirit. It is He who leads and guides us into all truth. Now, if you don't acknowledge His presence, obviously He will not be able to do His work within us, within you. The key is to, number one, acknowledge His presence, and number two, it is to depend on the ministry of the anointing within us. Depend on Him. There is a a verse of scripture in the book of Proverbs that tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This is a very revealing verse of scripture. In all your ways, not just some ways, not just spiritual things, but practical things decisions that need to be made, uh, business decisions and, and family decisions and whatever decisions. The Word says, if we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He shall give direction to our paths. And there's nothing more blessed than receiving the direction of the Spirit concerning the decisions that we need to make from day to day. Lord, I acknowledge your presence within me, and I trust and depend on your guidance through the Word of God. Please give me wisdom. Help me to know the way that you would have me to go. And now God has a way to help us or to reveal the direction that we need to be going. We should never make a decision based on human intellect, Never make a decision based on logic. Never make a decision based on circumstances. But base your decisions 
upon the leadership of the Holy One, the anointing which lives within you. Jesus said, He will guide you into all truth. Not just some truth, into all truth. So it's wise that before we make decisions, that we take the time to be still before God, to wait on Him. The Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. When our minds are filled with worry and anxiety and fear, then we can't really discern the moving of the Spirit or the direction of the anointing within us. You're going to have to learn, every single one of us, not only to still our bodies from the business of life, but also to still the mind so that we can clearly discern the moving or the, the direction or the teaching or the impressions of the anointing of the Spirit within us. You, you see, the anointing doesn't live in your mind, nor does it live in your body. The Spirit lives within your spirit, deep down in your spirit. God said, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put my spirit within this new heart, and I will put my laws within your heart. In the Old Covenant, God gave them a, a law that was, that was written on stone. But in the New Covenant, we have a covenant with the laws of God written upon our hearts by the Spirit of God. And it is the law of love. Now, if we are going to discern the impressions and the leading and the illumination of the Spirit within us, then we need to learn how to be still before God. Don't be anxious. Worry and anxiety and stress and fear, they hinder and they block the ministry of the anointing within us. Jesus said He has come to live within us, this Helper, for what purpose? To help us. Now, He's not going to live the life for you. You will have to live. He will help you do those things that Jesus said we ought to do. He will help, us for, he will help us, for instance, to understand the Scriptures. He will help us to love and to forgive. Sometimes it's very difficult to forgive, especially if you've been deeply hurt. But the Helper within will enable us to release, to let go, and to forgive. He will also help us to love as Jesus loved. He will help us to become more patient, more tolerant, help us to make right choices in life, led by the Spirit within. He will enable us and help us to discern between right and wrong. He is in us to help us even in the minutest details of our daily life. When we need comfort, we don't have to run anywhere else. All we need is the comfort of the Holy Spirit within. Jesus said He is the Comforter. So He's in us to comfort us when we need comfort, and He's in us to strengthen us when we are weak. He's in us to give us guidance and direction in life, 
in all of the affairs of life. That is his job. That's why he has been sent to live within us. His ministry to the believer is invaluable. In fact, Jesus could not do what the Holy Spirit could do. He said to the disciples a few hours before he went to the cross, he said, I have many things yet to tell you and to teach you, but you cannot bear them now. You can't hear them. You are unable to receive all that I have to give you, all that I need to teach you. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He will teach you, He will guide you, and He will lead you into all truth. Amen. And that's the wonderful thing. When Jesus walked beside the disciples on the earth, He could only be in one place at a time, and He was outside of them, not inside. They could see Him, they could touch Him, they could hear Him with the physical ears, but when he went to the cross, he died and rose again. He said, I'm going to send you another helper, just like me. The only difference is he would be living in you rather than beside you. And the difference is you're going to have to walk by faith in order to recognize him because you can't see him, but you know him. Amen. He said, you know him. So when the Spirit speaks, is not something foreign it is something that is very familiar to you. It, in fact, it sounds like you. You know, some people say to me, well, how do I know it's me or it's the Spirit? Because sometimes it's just, it's just an impression that it's so familiar that you think it's you. Amen. But in reality, it's not you. It is the helper, the comforter within you. Or we use the expression and we say, well, something told me not to do that. It's not something, it's someone who lives in you that impressed you not to do that. Or sometimes you say some things and the moment they go out of your mouth, you say, uh-uh, you feel that check within you, I shouldn't have said that. Lord, forgive me, I repent. Or you judge someone harshly or you say an unkind word while you're in the traffic jam and somebody cross and somebody cuts across you and you get so upset and you open your mouth and then you sense that check deep down in your spirit and say, uh-uh, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Please forgive me. We need to understand and digest it that He is a living person and He lives inside of us. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. The anointing is a person. Is not a thing. Amen? Amen. Hello? Are you out there? Yes. Praise the Lord. So, He has come to enable us to live a victorious life in every circumstance of life. Now, Paul says something very significant concerning the anointing of the Spirit within. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through to 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels 
Do you know that you have a treasure within you? A treasure that no money can buy, no amount of money can buy. No amount of gold or precious stones can buy this treasure. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessels that he talks about is our bodies. Paul said to the Corinthians, Know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, and you are not your own? So Paul says again here, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. These are very revealing as, uh, words that Paul uh, reveals here. Paul says, we have this treasure, that is the anointing of the Spirit within, in earthen vessels, and because of this indwelling presence of the Spirit, we may face hardships in life. He says, we are hard-pressed often from every side, and yet we are not crushed. Then he goes on to say, even though we may be perplexed many times, we do not despair. Now the word perplexed means confused, not being able to understand. There are certain things that happen in the course of life that confuse us, that don't understand us. But when we are perplexed, he says, the helper within enables us, and even though we are perplexed, we never reach the stage of desperation and despair. And then he goes on to say, we may be persecuted, but not forsaken. We may be struck down, and life can, can, can deal heavy blows to us many times. Jesus said that the rain will fall on the just and on the unjust. The floods will come, whether you are a believer or not. Tests and trials will come into your life, regardless if you're a believer or not. Hello? But even though we struck down many times, Paul says we are never, never destroyed. Let me say this. God never promised us an easy life in this world, ever. He never made that promise. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but fear not because I have overcome the world. Now, nor did he promise us that we're going to float through life on a flowery bed of ease. That's not going to happen. But he did promise that he will give us a comforter, a helper, one who has come to empower us, not only to face these challenges, but also to overcome them. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. We are world overcomers through him that enables us. Now, in 2 Corinthians 9.15, you don't have to turn there. Paul said the following, Thanks be to God 
for his indescribable gift. What gift do you think he's talking about? Amen. He's talking about this treasure that we have within us, this anointed, this anointing within, the Holy Spirit within. He calls it the indescribable gift. And then in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he tells us, listen to what he says. Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Wow! That statement tells us that God always, not sometimes, always leads us in triumph, leads us in victory. And through us, He diffuses the wonderful and beautiful fragrance of the knowledge of the Lord in every place. Amen? Amen. So, when the test comes, when the trial comes, that we are in need of strength or comfort, the Holy Spirit, the anointing within, the unction from within, rises up within us, and gives us the necessary grace that we need at that very moment to strengthen our hearts, to encourage us to persevere and to push through, never to give up, and we can never be destroyed. And that's the wonderful ministry of the Spirit of the anointing within. And so the two keys, as I mentioned to you, is number one, to acknowledge His presence within you and to honor Him, to submit to Him, to inquire of Him, and number two, to always depend on His influence and ministry within you. Consult with Him. Listen. Be still. Inquire. Ask. Seek. Knock. And the Spirit will exercise His ministry to the full within the believer. Now, I thought that in, in, in closing this session, I wanted to just give a few testimonies from my own experience over the years how this anointing within has been an invaluable source of strength, of encouragement, of wisdom, of sustenance, and divine direction and guidance in my own life. And one of the examples that I'm going to give you is during the independence of Zimbabwe. It was called Rhodesia before. Then we went through the war and Rhodesia became Zimbabwe, received independence. And during that time in 1980, among the European community, there was a lot of fear and a lot of insecurity and uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen from one day to the next. Fears of what happened in other countries in Africa began to grip people's minds and hearts. And what they did, and I know this because I've lived in through this period of time and I've seen my very close friends, business acquaintances and businessmen that we've, we've been friends for years, they began to sell their properties next to nothing. 
because they were motivated by fear of what would happen. Are they going to come and take everything away from us and slaughter us? We better get out of here because we do not know what is going to take place tomorrow. And I'm telling you, fear was so strong you can cut through it with a knife. Anytime you make a decision out of fear, you know it's not of the Lord. And so they were selling the houses for nothing. They were selling the businesses for nothing. And one by one, all of our friends, close friends, started to leave. And during that time, my wife began to panic as well. And talking about being hard-pressed, Paul talks about hard-pressed on every side. And I was hard-pressed by my wife, by my father and mother-in-law, to pack up, to sell whatever we had and get out of Zimbabwe. But you know, I made a decision that I would never allow fear to dictate my decisions. And so it was that there was a lot of pressure on me. When I say a lot, I'm, I'm talking about a lot. My wife says, I'm going to leave. I said, well, if you want to leave, you're going to have to leave by yourself because I'm not going unless I hear the Lord speak to me. So this is what I did. Talking about the ministry of the anointing within in times of crisis, in times when you are hard-pressed to make a decision, in times when everything around you speaks fear and negativity, and then you're caught in the middle and you have to make a decision. I said to my wife, I will tell you what I will do. I will go to the Lord in prayer, I will seek His face, and whatever the Lord tells us to do, or guides me to do, I will do. But I refuse to make my decision based on the political situation or the fear that is being uh, communicated around us. I'm going to pray, and I will stay in prayer until I hear from God. And, that's a, and that is exactly what I did. It was, it was April of 1980, somewhere there, April, I think. Well... I went to prayer. I said, Lord, help me. What do we do? Is our time in Zimbabwe gone? Is it time for us to leave? Well, the Lord didn't answer me straight away. I went about my business. The next day I went back to prayer. For three solid weeks, every day, I would pray about my decision. You know, sometimes the answer doesn't come immediately. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Stay in prayer until you hear from God. That's why those that I disciple closely and I mentor, when they come to me with decisions, I always ask them, what are you basing your decision on? Has God spoken to you? And then I would ask them to show me what, what is the word that the Lord has given you? Don't just make decisions. Wait on the Lord. So, on the, on, the, on the final week, on the third week, I was reading my Bible. And let me tell you this, the Spirit will use the written Word to speak to you. In the beginning, when I began to discern the leading, how the Lord speaks, how the anointing communicates, God always spoke to me through Scripture. He highlighted a certain portion of Scripture, and I knew that I knew that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt this was the Holy Spirit speaking. 
Well, I came across a verse of Scripture, and I'm going to share that with you in the book of Genesis chapter 26, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 5, and I'm going to read verse 12, 13, and 14. I will never be able to forget these words because they mean something to me. They served as a milestone in my spiritual growth and in my walk of faith. They're very precious. The, these words, they're very precious because, because they helped me make the right decision in the right season of my life. And as a result of that, I was abundantly blessed by the Lord. Genesis chapter 1, uh, chapter 26, verse 1 through 5, it says the following, And there was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in in the land of which I shall tell you, dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Now when I read the words, do not go down to Egypt, they came alive. There was an explosion in my spirit. The, the spirit, the anointing within, took the written word and applied it to my heart. It was like the Lord was saying to me, don't immigrate. Don't go down to South Africa. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Amen. I rejoiced. I I sang, I, I shouted, I laughed. I knew that I had an answer to my prayer. So I went to my wife, I showed her the scriptures, I said, God spoke to my heart and He said that we are not to go, we are to stay in this land and God is going to bless us. Not only we are to stay, but we are to invest in this land. Notice, what verse 12 through to 14 says, And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him, and the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That was the wisdom of God. And I was impressed at that time not only not to leave, but to make use of the opportunity, seeing that everything was being sold for nothing, to take whatever money I had and invest it into land or property. <laughs> now, when I told my father-in-law this, he thought I was crazy. He said, you've lost your mind. You're going to lose everything. I, I said, Dad, please. He, he had lots of money. I said, now is the time to invest in this land. Now is the time because God spoke to me and he told me to stay here and to invest. Well, he never listened to me. But whatever money I had, I went and put it into the ground. And God blessed us. 
for the next 10 years in Zimbabwe, God laid the spiritual foundation of my launch into the ministry, but also helped me to build a financial foundation that would take me down the road for years to come. I wonder sometimes what would have happened to me if I was influenced by all the fear and all the talk that was going around and never stopped to pray and listen to the anointing of the Spirit within. I doubt whether I would be here today in the ministry. All it takes, folks, is one decision, and sometimes it costs a great deal. So I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord, to believe that the anointing lives within you, and He lives within you for a specific purpose. He's not a hitchhiker. He's there to help you. He's there to guide you. He's there to lead you. He's there to instruct you. He's there to help you become a better husband, a better wife. He's there to enable you to become more patient, more loving, more forgiving. He's there to mature you and to grow you if only we would honor Him as we should and acknowledge Him often in our lives. Amen. Amen. I can tell you testimony after testimony. That, that, that's just one of the many, but we don't have the time now. That in times of, of persecution, in times where I was so perplexed, I recall when I started the ministry, and after a couple of years, the bishop, some of the people that didn't like what I preached went to the bishop and they accused me of being a heretic. So the bishop called me into his office all the way in Harare, three hours drive away from where we lived. And he sat me down and he said, young man, I got this report about you and I want you to stop preaching and stop teaching from this day forward. I don't want to hear anymore that you're going around preaching these heresies that you've been preaching. And he went on and on. I left his office so despondent so discouraged. And what, what, what Paul said, I could identify so well. I was so perplexed and so confused. For me, preaching was my life. Rather take my life than take my preaching. You know, I wasn't in trying to do this. This, this, this is what I believe God called me to do. So I came home, drove all the way three hours, by the time I reached home, it was about 7 o'clock in the evening. Needless to say, I didn't sleep much that evening. So, in the middle of the night, I got out of my bed and I began to pace up and down, up and down, praying, praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit, talking to God, what am I to do now? And at one point in my prayer, I stopped. And prompted by the anointing within I asked the Lord Jesus, and I said, Lord, if it was you in my place, what would you do? Would you stop? Would you listen to the bishop and stop? Or would you go on? Deep down from within, where the anointing lives, these words came up to my mind. He said, son, 
I would do exactly what Moses did when the Red Sea told him he could not cross and when Pharaoh behind said that he would kill him. That's all I needed to hear. The Red Sea said to Moses, you cannot cross, I'm going to drown you. You cannot preach, I'm going to, uh, what they call it, excommunicate you. That's exactly what the bishop said. Pharaoh said, I'm going to catch up with you and I'm going to slaughter all of you. But what did Moses do? He stretched out his hand with the rod that God gave him and he said, the sea will part. So I said, thank you, Lord. I went to bed, fully peaceful, got up the next morning, and during the weekend I picked up where I left off and I started preaching. And you know, I have never ceased preaching until today, until this day. But what, what would I have done without that anointing within? Listen. We cannot base our lives on human wisdom. We cannot build on foundations that are shakable. And every one of us in life is building something. You're building a family. You're building a company. You, you're raising children. All of us, that's what we're doing in life. We're building Make sure that you build on a foundation that is unshakable. And that unshakable foundation is built upon the rhema word of God, the living word of God. Base your decisions, base your life, base your business, base your future, base your present upon the living word of God as it is revealed to you by the anointing within and you will prosper, and you will be blessed, your children will be blessed, your grandchildren will be blessed up to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. Amen. We have this indescribable gift, this treasure of the Spirit within Learn to recognize Him, honor Him, depend on Him. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You for having loved us so much that You did not leave us alone. You said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to You. Thank You that you did not leave us without help. You didn't just leave us a book to study. You have sent the very person of the Holy Spirit to live within us. The blessed comforter, the blessed teacher, the blessed guide who has come to strengthen us in times of weakness, to comfort us in times of despair, in times of pain, and to enable us and empower us to live a life that is pleasing to you. Lord, words are inadequate to express our gratitude, our appreciation for this indescribable gift, 
for this treasure within us that you've placed in earthen vessels. We worship you today. We bless you and we magnify and praise your wonderful name. Help us to get to know this holy, holy person, this holy guest living within us who has come to enable us to live the life. Father, we desire more than anything else that we would be led by him, taught by him, nourished and strengthened by him all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.